So and help me understand, is an enforcer another player or is it like a bodyguard? It's a player. player. So it's just so like, he plays a position. So like so like the tank and Wayne Gretzky was the fighter. <laughs> yes, he was a sniper. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, exactly right. Wayne Gretzky was, he was like DPS. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky was Goals like per the, second. was like the uh the monk. <laughs> the the tiny little guy that could uh weave through people and and, and he throws darts stab. out of a panda's ass or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ah, and, but then one. there was. The, make, the, I get the hockey first. now, guys. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Cold Bow Podcast. This is Jake, and I'm here with my cold bros. I think I called it the Pulled Grow. Yeah, I was, I was going to mention, but pulled, like, pulled pork. The pulled, pulled pork, pork sandwich podcast. of podcasts. <laughs> pulled pork right now. I actually like uh, ate dinner and I'm still hungry. Like I know. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I should I DoorDash Panda? Like I'm really hungry. <laughs> I could do this. Oh man, Panda. I, so um, Morgan can't eat gluten mm-hmm. and turns out basically all um your favorite things <laughs> well yes that <laughs> but it turns out basically all soy sauce has wheat in it ah. so we can't i haven't had chinese food in months dude jake was and out like, oh. or uh, morgan was on a like a girl's night and jake texts me and he's like do you want to get some food and i was like yeah i'm actually getting some wings and he's like no i want pizza with like bread on top of it <laughs> as a topping <laughs> like, can i get this with more gluten please <laughs> there's like a, there's a pizza place down the street from us where we go and they have gluten-free pizza that's pretty good so we we'll go there quite often but like uh, i just want like rice, want glutton. And, rice and soy sauce and mm. i want to go to Mo Betas and get some Hawaiian barbecue and mm. can't get any of that stuff anymore. It's can't get no Mo satisfaction. <laughs> anyway, what have you guys been up to aside from eating gluten and making me jealous? <laughs> <laughs> Not much. That's about it. That's all I do is eat gluten. <laughs> um, I finally uh, started playing Ghost of Tsushima. Oh yeah, you like yeah. it? Um, it's okay. Yeah, I don't know why it's not clicking with me so far. Uh, it, it like I think it's beautiful, um, but it just feels like an Ubisoft game. It's like it's like uh, Assassin's Creed Japan, but with like better graphics. That, that's it's how, gorgeous. That's how it feels. That, to me. Yeah, that's what I was, uh, when I was playing it more. Yeah. That's that's what I mentioned too. Is that it got pretty repetitive? And I was like, dude, I'm gonna be a samurai, and then I'd like walk into town and i go come fight me and i did that like 20 times and i was like i'm not doing that anymore yeah <laughs> i'm gonna sneak and that's, around and that's the whole thing is, is you go in and out of sneaking and mm-hmm. being direct it's uh but then they shame you yeah they're like exactly. <laughs> like I, I killed somebody and my kids were even there and i snuck up i stabbed somebody and it was disgusting yeah like gurgling and i was like you to stab him like you six can turn times the, you can turn chest. the blood squirt off can you? Yeah. I don't think because that was like a cutscene, like the very first time you do it. Oh, maybe not. Maybe you can turn it off after that point. <laughs> <laughs> and now, you can, yeah. This is have, what you'll be missing. Have you played it in Kurosawa mode at all? Mm-mm. Dude, Kurosawa mode. I, whenever I turn it on, my son Leroy, like, turn the color back on. <laughs> Dude, the Kurosawa mode. Have you, have you turned it on at all? Mm-mm. So it does it black and white and then puts uh, a bunch of green, Mm -hmm. film green on it to make it look like like an old, like a forties film or something. Like an old fifties movie. It's, 
I like I do it when I like fight bad when I fight a boss or mm-hmm. something like that. I would put it on because it felt mm-hmm. more cinematic. But then I would, but then like it feels so awful to turn the colors off of that game. That's that's why I don't do it. Beautiful game. But like I was running like a field of like yellow flowers, and then mm-hmm. and I, I like this game for the like little details. Like he like puts his hand out and like he's like maximus and touches all of the all <laughs> the flowers the yeah <laughs> is this the one that you were saying the other day that like you set a waypoint and like the wind blows yeah. in that direction? that's kind of cool mm-hmm. so awesome. so um i think the biggest complaint i've seen online about this game is that it is um plot or not plot wise but like gameplay wise it's it's just it's like a super average rpg Mm, yeah like i don't think the story is like like i like i like the villain a lot i wish he was in it more yeah but because you're like like you don't ever really see him it's an open world game so you can't ever like visit him every now and then you know what i mean yeah i agree with that and the the story develops like grand theft auto you know like you go from like you go to this guy then you go to the next guy and Mm -hmm. like they send you on like go for missions Yep. Um, so, I mean, I can't like complain, like I, I can't complain about it at all. Really. Uh, it was just kind of like super hyped because for some reason this game was like politically jockeyed against the last of us about, oh, yeah. about which one's better out of the two. It came out at the same time. And then people just really hyped it up and I was like, I'm really excited. And then I'm like, Oh, it's Assassin's Creed with uh better colors. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a open world RPG. Mm hmm. I, well, loved it. I loved it. I thought it was. I I, I liked the the standoff. The come fight me. Mm-hmm. It, it does. I mean, it it, it lacks the variety that mm-hmm. likes that that really good uh, open worlds have. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's not, a, not variety in uh, in landscape in in enemies. Mm-hmm. It's what it lacks. I, I I thought I was running through town or running through not even town, just like a field, and there was a big rock. And I was like, I wish that was like an ogre or something. Like, I wish it would just stand up. <laughs> you do, you do like uh, part way through the game, you get like a, a um, what is it, a grappling hook and stuff. So, that, so, so there's more mechanics to come. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, right. But like Scott was saying, you have you're either fighting Mongols or bandits or Ronin. And like there, that's, there's like that's, five styles that you can switch. Uh, like sword fighting styles. That, that, that actually is one of my favorite parts. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the variety. That, is, that, that is the variety. That, that, but it's Switching like, between like the guy, you fight guy with spear, guy with shield, yep. guy with two swords. But you also have, but you, you get uh, different stances mm-hmm. that the one stance is good for people. I'm trying with to get shield. the moon stance right now. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. I, I mean, if you like RPGs. Yep. And grinding, it, it's a bit you of You like the grind, Troy? <laughs> he's a grinder if I've ever seen one. That guy grinds. <laughs> also, um, if you hear flatulence, it's because the chair I'm sitting on. Stop moving the damn chair. It's the chair, I swear. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're recording in my clubhouse. If you hear yeah, flatulence, it's, really it's echoey, the chair. It's, it's not my ass. If you hear it echoing, it's because we're we're in a clubhouse that has... Bare walls. All right, I'm done. With and chair. Scott's got. We've all got these big, f- fat leather chairs. And they are squeaky. <laughs> I love how our location, our recording location, changes so often. It's it's actually kind of fun though. Never like it same. makes it makes the it makes variety is the spice of life. Yeah, it makes each episode just slightly different. You know, slightly different. As you guys, I'm sure at home can tell. 
Yeah. Well, the difference. Isn't every, this crazy? It's every, way how every, different this is. Every other episode <laughs> is slightly different. I mean, at least we're all not kneeling around a coffee table. <laughs> we did that once. Yeah, that was weird. We've done that more than once. <laughs> um, so I actually, uh, there's a podcast that I listen to called No Dumb Questions, and they did a podcast about hockey. Uh, and then... They suggested a, a documentary called Ice Guardians, which is uh, about the the role of enforcers in hockey. And I thought it was super fascinating because um, hockey is a sport where fighting is legal. Basically, you well, they're not going to stop you from fighting. You still have to leave the game after you fight. But they're not going to stop but you not like until a, you go to the ground. Not like ejected. Not yeah. You're, you're not just, ejected. You just put in the penalty box. But. You go into the penalty box. And it's just right. part of the culture, right? And so they talked about, and I never Don't knew talk to me what about culture. <laughs> I never knew what the purpose of it was, but you have enforcers whose job it is to keep people uh, in line because in you see it in other sports when a team feels like they're being hard done by the refs, when a team feels like the refs aren't making calls that they should make, yeah. uh, then the team starts struggling or they start getting chippy and then the game gets out of hand. Um, whereas in hockey, they have these guys called enforcers where if someone puts a cheap shot on one of your best players and the ref didn't see it, mm-hmm. then you swap in an enforcer and that enforcer's job is to go in hurt that person throw his gloves down and punch the dude in the face and then and break his hand over the guy's head and it's this and that's like their job is to is to do that and they and during the documentary they talked about wayne gretzky and how wayne gretzky wouldn't have been able to do the things that he did if he didn't have these enforcers on his team because so many other players would have come and cleaned him out or knocked him out or whatever. Uh, and so, but, but there, because but, he had the biggest, meanest, toughest enforcers on his team, uh, they actually interviewed other people in the documentary and the other people were like, I wasn't like, if a team had a, a skinny, small guy that was scoring goals like Wayne Gretzky was, I would have taken his head off in the game, cheap shot at him and, and made him think twice about shooting goals against us. But he's like, I knew the enforcers were on their team and I didn't want that. I didn't want to have to get into a the fist fi- fight with that the retribution. Guy. So and help me understand, is an enforcer another player or is it like a bodyguard? It's a player. player. So, it's just so like, he plays a position. So like... So like the tank and Wayne Gretzky was the fighter. <laughs> yes, he was the sniper. Exactly. exactly. Wayne, Gretzky, exactly right. Wayne Gretzky was, he was like DPS. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky was Goals like per the, second. Was like the uh, the monk, the, <laughs> the tiny little guy that could uh, weave through people and and, and he throws darts stab. out of a panda's ass or something. <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> oh, but then one. there was. The, make, the I get person. hockey now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was super interesting. It, I never. I've never like hockey is like the last major sport that I have tackled that I've like learned the learned the rules to like under to understand and what I can sit down and watch a whole afternoon of golf. I can watch an entire afternoon of, of tennis. I can Can watch watch baseball without falling asleep. I can watch baseball an entire game of baseball. Like I can watch baseball game is to me. 
Uh, Ambien. <laughs> I think I it's funny you said that and everyone raised their eyebrows like they were legitimately impressed. <laughs> They're like, what? I love baseball in person is a lot of fun. That is, what else TV is too blows. is like like hockey. Like I get really oh, into yeah, hockey yeah, games. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've heard about NASCAR is like as soon as you go to a NASCAR event, it's like it'll change your mind. Hockey <laughs> hockey and NASCAR are the only sports, basically. And I use the word sport very loosely for NASCAR. Dude, but lacrosse? NASCAR like when they have major sports. When they have an <laughs> arena that sits like 400,000 people, there's obviously something going on there. Yeah, the biggest arenas like. in all of sports are NASCAR, NASCAR arenas. Yeah. Like, I went, we, we walked by the Daytona arena in a. Daytona Beach, yeah. <laughs> and Kylie's like, "Can we go and look at it?" And I didn't want to, just a bugger, because <laughs> she was. We were like in the parking lot, like, and we looked up. It was huge, this massive thing. Yeah, but I was like, insane. I was like, this isn't like important to me at all. Well, like, and, and those races, I mean, I don't know anything about NASCAR, anything, but those races are like all day events too, right? Like, like, the, like, they're like multiple they're races, like five hundred three laps. hours. Take, like, it's like three hours forty five minutes to do like five. Oh, laps. so it's so it's, okay. Like, any but I think there's that. multiple races throughout the day. Gotcha. Probably, maybe I. I don't know. Maybe not. the different types of cars and stuff. Yeah, hockey. Hockey always, especially after watching Letterkenny a little bit. Hockey. Hockey has uh, is, is given me a little bit more. If if we had like a pro team here, I think I'd might be like, exactly that. It's yeah. funny because. And the, and it's all perfect timing because I've always kind of wanted to learn the rules to hockey and I've always been jealous of people who are into hockey. And then and now I'm moving. when you talk to them, they're like they go all out. Oh, they like, they're like bro, the Islanders have this guy. He's a slap shot. Dude. He's, and I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> he's, yeah. Hat tricks. <laughs> uh, but I'm so I'm moving to Phoenix and Phoenix has a hockey team. So I'm pretty because excited. of course Phoenix does because why wouldn't Phoenix? <laughs> the desert rats have a hockey team. But the desert uh, rats. <laughs> So I'm gonna. Uh, I'm excited to go see some hockey. Yeah, games. Vancouver, Canada has a sand volleyball team too. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's what I did. So I've been watching. So I still like true crime. You know, no, oh, okay. uh, no surprise, right? Oh, um, there's this new one on Netflix. It's not new anymore, but it's called. Uh, the, it's about uh, the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. Dude, oh, I've heard this is cool. so much about this. But yeah, yeah. I, I I saw I read something about it. How that how that girl just disappeared. Yeah, the, remember the video of the girl in the elevator? She's like looking around the corner and like and she looks like she. You don't remember that? I like know, I, fell, I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole and it was like the strangest videos yeah. on YouTube. That is like one the of last them. time this girl was ever seen. But she was in this hotel. At, yeah. like serial killers have lived in. Yes, the Cecil Hotel. Yeah. The, the, the thing about this hotel, so it's it's right in Skid Row. <laughs> in LA. So one of the most dangerous places in LA and the, the documentary goes over Skid Row. Like, I love Skid Row. Yeah. It's a good band. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, so the, so Cecil hotel like was actually a really nice hotel. Well, it was, it was intended to be an affordable hotel, but it was really nice when it was, when it was built. And then it just kind of like Chris said, it just prostitutes, serial killers, like uh, drugs, all of the stuff just went through this hotel like crazy. Um, and but it, the thing is because of its price in LA, it attracts a lot of, uh, tourists as well, which is what she was. She was from huh, funny enough, Vancouver, Vancouver. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was from Vancouver and she was just wanted to travel. And anyway, I remember the video. I remember mm-hmm. that, you know, it's been parodied like on yeah. everything too. Well, and like on like what, like, uh, <laughs> what's that show? American horror story. They did oh. American horror story hotel is one of the seasons. Oh, I never saw and that it's one. about her. And Interesting. They, they did like a CSI where, so, so you see the last time you see this girl alive, she's in an elevator and then she like pokes her head out and looks in the security camera and she kind of dances. And then she like 
shuffles off the screen. It, it's, 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 and it's then the next time they find like her, she's in the water tank for on like the, the roof, on the roof, like the hotel's water. Yeah. Oh she never God. left the hotel. You don't know what she's afraid of. It almost looks like she's possessed. Mm-hmm. So the documentary very much, very much takes this like almost, like almost supernatural. Uh, supernatural like feel to it because it's like there have been people who lots of murders like the one they former, couldn't find like any like force on her like anything yeah, that would have the dog her. the dogs couldn't couldn't the dogs picked up a scent of hers and they they followed it to a window <laughs> and like <laughs> and it's just like, like the cause of death so was weird. drowning but she could have gotten out yeah. If she wanted to. Well, and like, it's, there's just so much weird things, but like this hotel has a really, really dark past of like, you know, jumpers, um, you know, lots of serial killers, lots of murders, like all of this just really, really dark past. And so you're just like, anyway, I just started That's it. So crazy. I know how, I know is, how it ends it for like her. like a, a mini series? Yeah. I think there's four episodes, but I know I've only watched the, I've only watched one. Um, I know how it ends for her because I was actually, I remember like, seeing the video and being like, this woman is missing and and this is the last footage of her. And then like, seriously, like days later, yeah, they found her in the water tank on the roof. And you're like, that is the most bizarre thing huh. ever. But like I've this documentary so is so many memes yeah. and tweets and stuff about this, this documentary. And I'm kind of interested. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, I've only seen the first episode so far, but I like it. I mean, and it's good. So when I say, because you said I like you like uh, true crime. When I say I don't like true cli- crime, what I mainly don't like is, is you, <laughs> Troy. That's what I don't like. That's, That's fair. Guess, That's I don't fair. like no. you and what you stand for. I don't, I don't like don't, me either, guys. I, <laughs> the feeling is mutual. What a coincidence. <laughs> no, the, uh, the what I don't like is is documentaries about specific killers. Because it's giving the killers exactly what they it, want. It glorifies right. them. Like, like the yeah. Ted Bundy tapes. Or right. The, Stuff like yeah. that. Or having However, Zac Efron play you in a movie. <laughs> or, or even I mean, to be I, fair. Like Tiger King was that way. A little bit. Those. Yeah, that was like the worst thing of 2020. However, <laughs> what I do like is mystery things like stuff like that. Yeah, mystery science theater. Like uh, like that that one or the uh, what was the the making a murderer where it was mm-hmm. like, don't oh, with cats. who did it? Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Don't F with cats kind of bothered me because it gave him, it gave that guy exactly what he wanted. That then, guy wanted. And then it shamed more. you for watching it. Right. <laughs> that was hilarious. That, it was like, you're part of the problem. And it just looks right in the camera. I was like, well, fuck you. Oh, <laughs> dude, for making the freaking, I movie. screamed. I screamed that at the TV. Me and my roommate watched all three episodes all at one, all, all of the same night. And then when she said that, I think both Mike and I both went, oh, you, you stupid bitch. Like it was so, Oh, was that a Christian bell? Were you doing Christian bell? Was that what it kind of sounded like him a little bit? <laughs> Good for you. Oh no, I was doing the, the Boston. Mm. You. Yeah, no. I, and, and the thing is, I like, I agree with what you're saying about not giving serial killers the, um, the, that kind of the that headline, desire. you know what I mean? But at the same time, there's also like Mindhunter, right? We've all, we've all watched Mindhunter, right? Or at I've least the first the season. First half right. First Milf season. Hunter. My, yes. Milf Hunter. Um, not to that. be confused with its cousin Mindhunter, which is what I'm actually talking about. <laughs> um, but like and Kemper was a very different character in the other one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mother always wanted to look up to me. 
Oh, um, dude. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> that was a gross joke. I didn't hear it. Yeah, you started it, but <laughs> <laughs> You're just a habitual line stepper. <laughs> um, anyway, no, another good one that... So this one is... Uh, oh, I talked about this one. This one won um, in our awards, the uh, villain of the year. Um, oh, right. That one was about a specific killer, but the story behind it wasn't really about like glorifying this guy. Like you really don't find out who he is until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, the story about like how they catch him is what was is captivating about it. Interesting. I, I think, I think the worst one though is, is just uh what's his face you mentioned earlier ted bundy tapes bundy. The, because everyone fawned over him when he was in trial but they're still everyone fawns it. over him now but that's the thing it's, okay the what what is captivating about those kind of things is it's like why was this person so um charismatic why was this person able to convince so many people it, for no, there, so there, long? there's a morbid curiosity in me that makes I, me want to watch it for, i wouldn't for even, sure i wouldn't even call it morbid it's just like it, it's to me it's morbid. like to me it's like how how can we the subject matter well like, this this is the reason why i brought up Mindhunters because the whole reason why the whole show starts is like they started this serial killer thing in in the FBI developing profiles and everything because this guy had this morbid curiosity of serial killers and wanting to and wanting to interview them and I he feel was like called you're crazy to like justify your white girl taste right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know after this i'm going to starbucks and i'm getting a pumpkin spice latte they so. don't have them anymore oh, they don't. seasonal well it's a good thing i went and got pumpkin spice so <laughs> i brought my own <laughs> i brought my own <laughs> <laughs> but like mindhunter talks about like they they develop the, the the profiles they talk about like how you can catch these people before you know it becomes a like you know before you have the Ted Bundy's who murder possibly hundreds of people, you know, like you can right. find these people before it, it gets to that point. And so you're just trying to help, like you're yes. trying to build profiles. Yes, like I can look at me like, Chris, I watch these things so I can avoid them. <laughs> like, Chris, you, you are showing some uh, tendencies here. The way <laughs> One of us could be. I really psychopath. hope I don't have anyone forming a profile on me. <laughs> especially during COVID, I've developed some tendencies that, no, I'm just kidding. I think you'd be um, flattered. You're like, really me? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you. So, like, what did you write down there? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Narcissist. Um, Yeah, that's me. Let's get into this episode. Um, (laughs) This episode, we're actually... This is actually a topic that I think we were going to do a couple months ago, or I say a couple months ago, I mean, like... Probably oh, a year and a half yeah, ago yeah. when I say a couple months, but we were going to do it a while back, but like then 10 years ago in July, 2020, but then we, we, <laughs> and then we ended up splitting it between two, the two constituent topics of it. Uh, so we, we've done best director, I think, and we've done best screenwriter and now we're going to, we're doing best director writer. So the combo. Yeah, where yeah, and next week we'll do singer songwriter. Singer songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll do triple threat. You can stand up comedy, dance, and sing. Well, yeah, and then eventually it'll just be uh, the Donald Glover podcast. It'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll be it'll be Donald Glover, Taron Edgerton, and, and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, F Mary Kill. <laughs> oh jeez, I uh, don't answer it, that. I'm joking. No, so I don't want to um, hear about your man crush on Taryn. Um, Actually, I was going to talk about Justin Timberlake. (laughs) (laughs) So we're, we're talking about director screenwriter. So the, the, these, these are the guys that artists, the artists, these are the guys that, that, um, I like our list, dude. 
This is going to be a cool conversation. Yeah. I really am excited. If Michael I think Bay, it fits our whole vibe Michael, very well. If Michael, Michael Bay, Bay doesn't win. <laughs> Brett, Brett Ratner. I think we can go into just the honorable mentions and just bring up a few guys that... Uh, that, that, we, that we didn't nominate and I feel kind of guilty about. Yeah, I, like for Quentin sure. Tarantino, yeah. who's stated... Who is probably his, the best. Like His goal in life is to be the greatest writer-director of all but time. Th- but this isn't... This is our personal mm-hmm. thing. So. Right, right. I, I like, like I think that he might be like objectively. Well, the best. you've got Stanley Kubrick, who could objectively be called the best. Martin Scorsese, who objectively, I mean, he's won more Oscars than any of the others. So Martin Scorsese could objectively be the best. Well, yeah, when, and when Martin Peter Jackson, when Martin Scorsese does anything, everybody pays attention. You know, like yep, yeah. Wes Anderson like is another one. The MCU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, people paid attention. I remember that. Um, so these are the these are the type of guys we're talking about, um, and ours definitely has a. Well, I, I was saying ours has a has a, a, a tilt to it, and that now that I'm looking over it, it doesn't <laughs> at all. Um, anyway, uh, guys like Peter Jackson, Martin Scorsese, um, so I George picked, Lucas, Stanley which, Kubrick. Oh, I thought we nominated Georgie. I, I, I had him on mine. Yeah, my my two picks kind of uh, rotated for a little while there. So my goat is the Wachowski sisters. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> did they did they write it? No, they didn't I mean write they wrote Matrix. Matrix. I know, I was but that's just, like the only good thing. I, I know. That's done. why I was yeah, there, there's a there's a couple guys. of picks where I was like, I can't really go with that because they only did like one or two, but they're really good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we can get into that. I thing. have one of those. Yeah, should so, I should I get started with that get, one? Get started, Jake. Okay, so my runner up is actually. Uh, one of those people. It's Taika Waititi. I like. I think that that's a great pick because I, he might be the best eventually. Yeah, I think so too. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. And I actually struggled so hard between I tried uh, so Quentin hard. Tarantino, uh, Wes Anderson, and Taika Waititi. And ultimately, wait, what wait, I wait, what three? Quentin Tarantino, right. Wes Anderson, and Taika Waititi. And ultimately, Man. what it came down to was. <laughs> In the few movies that Taika Waititi has written and directed, so I'm not counting Thor, um, but in the few movies that he's written and directed, he's made me feel the widest range of emotions. But well, also, out if of you think about, like, like, which one would you pre-order tickets to go see in the theater? Like, Taika. You'd go see Taika. Yeah. Because, so... The three movies he that he's write done. Thor? No, no, I don't think he wrote Thor. He wrote Team Thor, which was hilarious. Uh, but he did. Uh, he did what we do in the shadows, the movie and the show. Uh, well, he hasn't. He's yeah. He's kind of a executive. He's producer. a he's a writer producer, but I don't think he's directed. He's written ten episodes. Yeah, but I don't but think I don't he's think directed. He directed any of them, so. mm-hmm. um, Automatically disqualified. <laughs> so, but what we do in the shadows, the the movie, uh, he did. Yeah, he wrote and direct the movie. Yeah. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People and Jojo Rabbit. Such a Rabbit. good movie. Yeah. And but they're all bangers. But And the first one is Watch a straight mouth. up comedy. The first, the, the what we do in the shadows, straight up comedy. It doesn't really try and tackle many emo- big emotional hurdles or anything I mean, I don't like know. The, the werewolf fight was pretty the emotional. We're werewolves, <laughs> not swearwolves. Okay. Troy uh, is not a werewolf. He swears way too much. <laughs> but the... Uh, um, hunt for the wilder hunt for the wilder people. Oh man, they tackle some... some very tough, like deep emotional things with humor. I love um, like the race jokes in that. Dude, the race. Like, we're looking for a <laughs> six-year-old Caucasian. <laughs> Asian, <laughs> you're not Asian. You're white. 
or uh, <laughs> when he's the. I mean, the funeral for the for the lady is. He's the he's the Taika Waititi is the priest, mm-hmm. and he's saying stuff like, "When you die, you get to a door." I'm terrible Taika Waititi. Yeah, that's Irish, but I'll, I'll but he's like, you get to the door, and he says, "What's on the other side of the door?" It's Jesus with Mountain Dew and Doritos, <laughs> <laughs> and it makes you laugh. But he's like tackling this like super tough emotional moment in the movie with humor. Um, and then there's Jojo Rabbit, which we bring I, up every podcast. We bring up all the time. I mean, but so good. I have it's never the, the intensity of emotions that I felt in that in the theater watching that movie, uh, both laughing at at uh, the guy in his Elton John costume going to war, <laughs> uh, and but also crying when that guy saves Jojo at the yeah. end. Like it's everything. Uh, and then well, and we like, can get into Sam Rockwell stealing every movie he's ever been in, but that's, that's a different story. We well, should do an entire episode on Sam Rockwell. Let mark would, that. Troy. We're going to come back. And I wouldn't listen enti- to that. Do an entire Sam Rockwell much. episode. Um, one thing about, so Taika Waititi. So we t- we're talking about, um, I almost said singer songwriter. Thanks Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, writer director is, is writing and directing the same, the same film, right? The but like the acts in it, but even, yeah, but even talking about Taika Waititi, like obviously he has written, he's written a lot of the, what we do in the shadows uh, episodes, which I think is fantastic, but he's also a great director because he did Thor Ragnarok and he also has directed a few Mandalorian episodes. So he's right. very competent at both, even if he doesn't do both in the same project. Well, so and I think a voice actor named Korg. <laughs> We're going to start a revolution, but I didn't have enough pamphlets. Um, well, down here, I'm a rock. I'm a living uh, thing. I breathe. The, the one thing that was really working against him in my eyes is how much, and I guess it shouldn't, but, uh, and this is going to come back up with Scott's goat, but how much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he's not improv basically Mm -hmm. happens on set for him. He, his, his scripts are super short and then he just says, play, just play on set. But here's the thing. Is this the category is writer director not writer right so so well right so he he writes a super short script and then he tells the actors to play and then he works with them in between takes so, and then get and then teases so good, out a the good performance director is collaborative and I, and I think that's that that works for him in this in this category how, but how do you know that there's improv that's being done like how, every can, actor who works on the movies says sometimes you can also so? like just tell like when they're feeding off each other you know what i mean like you can just, I mean, I can't. I like the, to think that something. Dude, like I, I have like, a feeling that in Jojo Rabbit, when they all heil Hitler at each other, that was written. But I think a lot of that scene mm-hmm. was was uh, improv. Yeah. Where, yeah, the way that they there's just that. I mean it's not like I mean really good improv as you can't tell, but there's also other times you know like I don't remember there was um a, a part in Always Sunny in Philadelphia when uh when um Frank is showing um charlie a, a box of ham or whatever and like he snaps it like and he's like oh and he's like pretty woman and they just laugh pretty you, woman. Can, you can tell that was improv <laughs> like just the, the sheer like humor that it was you knew what it was but anyway but a box of ham <laughs> dude that is a good group of writer directors yeah well, they don't direct i guess they're good writers though 
Okay, sorry, we spent way too much time talking about yes, a runner-up. Yeah, we did. But let's let's move on. Like who wants guy. to go? Why don't you pick the person who picked Troy? The, all right, I'll go. All right, um, open your mouth. So my runner-up was uh, the Nolan brothers um, for writer director because I mean, obviously Christopher Nolan's the one that gets the most credit in this. I regard, think, of, but John, anyone we've mentioned, I think they've probably made the most money. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, but I mean, let's okay, and that that's the reason why I'm saying the Nolan brothers is because I want to include Jonathan in it because Jonathan has written and directed much of Westworld, which is a pretty popular show on HBO, and then he was a I big that show. he was a big writer of some of Nolan's most memorable movies, especially the early ones, Memento, Insomnia. Didn't and he then, do uh, Transcendence? Uh, I'm not sure. The was that Johnny Depp movie? I'm not sure. I don't know. That's a good question. You're probably looking it up. Um, anyway, uh, but, but some of now. some of the you some would. of the earlier Christopher Nolan movies, um, not anymore. Memento um, and Insomnia that he had writing, writing and Inception. Um, I, I love the story about how I guess uh, Chris Nolan and his brother Jonathan were traveling and they came up with the idea of just Inception, um, the the whole concept. They basically mm. wrote it all together, wrote it all together, and then you have superior directing in Chris Nolan um, and. Jonathan Nolan's a, a pretty great director as well. So, um, yeah, I'm a big Chris Nolan Homer anyway. Yeah. Um, but, but Scotty and I were actually talking <clears throat> about this earlier when we were eating our burgers was he doesn't miss like Christopher Nolan doesn't miss he, everything he makes is good. And, uh, and like I said earlier, I think he's probably the most successful at the box office. Yep. Yeah. And, and studios are just clamoring to get to for him to to, to produce a movie for him, and, and they just give him all, everything he wants. Basically, and I I was even talking to Kylie about this about Christopher Nolan because like the last my last favorite movie he did was like Inception eleven years ago, but like like since then I was like I guess I've liked his movies like I've complained about them, but they've all been like sevens eights you know like yeah his, his i think we all so I think we good. all really liked the world war one oh dunkirk dunkirk, dunkirk yeah yeah awesome his movies were like so good that you like you can't help but hold them to a higher standard yeah yes, I, but, think, I think that's right but yeah. like him and tom cruise can sell tickets on their name alone just their name alone just their yep. name like yep. and they're like the last two people like even robert downey jr who made 60 million dollars on avengers did dr doolittle right after and it tanked Yep. yep. It's like there's there's yeah. no like pure stars anymore except except Nolan, Christopher Nolan, and yeah. Tom Cruise. So Tom so Hanks of course this is up there. But he doesn't like he's not like a box office draw. I think he he's is. an award show draw. Yeah, because I haven't seen the one that the his recent news war. of the world. What news of the world? The western. No, I haven't heard of that. I haven't heard of that one. Really, it's excellent. So there's there's the one on Apple TV as well that I haven't seen. Oh, Greyhound. Yeah. Uh, that one's great too. I'm sure they're great, but they don't draw like like Chris is saying. I agree. I agree that like Tom, Tom Hanks is like the like the heartbeat, but Tom, Tom Cruise brings in tickets. He's the adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I got the Nolan brothers. Um, Chris Nolan definitely is the the highlight of that, but he and Jonathan work a lot together. In fact, I just pull up Jonathan Nolan's writing credits. I mean, some impressive stuff. And here you got you know the Dark Knight. Um. Uh, yeah, it's a great others, others that I've already mentioned, but yeah. this is a, and that's a, that's this is a, a weird anecdote. But I saw a video with Michael J. White when they were he's the guy that uh racist, he what? Yeah, dude, come on, he's racist. Yeah, his name is White. Oh, he's a black guy, 
He, so he's able to like Whoa. appeal to both. Oh my goodness! <laughs> both crowds. I think my brain just exploded. Uh, he's what's the? Is he the guy that gets a pencil on his face in Dark Knight? I know he's there. He's uh, idea. Sure. Enough from the clown. But anyway, he did an interview and like uh, he said that Heath Ledger on set was like uh, just the funniest person. And he said people like to like say the narrative that he was like tortured by this character. He's like, but he wasn't. Yeah. He was just like a like, cool guy to have on set. He was constantly asking for like opinions and voices and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, I thought it was interesting because he was like, I don't like that narrative, but like Keith Ledger was awesome on set and Nolan was great to work with. They have yeah, like a lot of, a lot of his stuff is improv too. Like he lets his characters come up. Yeah. He lets his actors come up with their characters just from filling out the scene. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right, um, I pick Scott. So my runner-up, and it is Mel Brooks. It, I actually like this pick. I, I, <laughs> this was my goat for a little while because you just look at the sheer number. It like the, the it's just movie after movie after movie. And they're all so good. Um, it is a little dated. He hasn't made a good one in a while. Well, I mean, mainly is he because he's anymore? not allowed to because he is. The, the anti PC, uh, the anti PC kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. He's not allowed to make movies. No, it, the, his it, style, if, yeah. his style would not fly. To yeah, he like he's like in his late nineties. Yeah, he's yeah. old, old. Yeah, like, <laughs> but like, like obviously his his films push the envelope quite a bit. Especially, I'm thinking of Blazing Saddles, but even yeah. some of the some of the lighter things with, that you think about that push push the envelope for its time. Again, Blazing Saddles, when you have all of the guys sitting around the campfire, they've eaten beans and they're farting. It's the first time in cinematic history there was flatulence on screen, on screen, and that was pushing the envelope <laughs> in purpose. a way, like on purpose. Yeah. Well, well, so, Scott, is this <clears throat> the improv one that Jake was talking nope. about? For, oh, okay, never mind then. <laughs> um. I'm, I'm sure there was quite a bit of improv. He had, he, he he drew really talented actors yeah. and actresses to to his movies, um, but yeah, I just think um, it, like it's just movie after movie after movie. I I don't have them in front of me, but there's so many that, and he wrote them all. Yeah, he, he and and they, they all had like it was the same joke in a lot of them. The whole like and walk this way or whatever. Yeah, and. Uh, Anyway, but he had a very distinct style that you could, you could, you knew, I mean, it's a lot like Wes Anderson or, or, um, a lot of the others that we'll, we'll talk about is that they have this style that, that you can pick out on any other movies and people have tried to reproduce, but you just can't. I, I think Mel Brooks is a, um, an underrated pick in this regard because of the slapstick Agreed. satirical type of there, there, there thing. There are on a lot that there are uh, some uh comedy type uh writer directors that that we'll talk about but sure but th- this was a straight up slapstick wasn't trying to be anything other than comedy and right. i don't think it's very different much from taika waititi where taika is very comedically oriented but he tackles very deep issues whereas yeah. that's not what mel brooks was doing at no. all in space balls he was just trying to satirize of. star yeah. wars i just looked and that's his third highest rated movie space balls <laughs> i love that movie it's so good um, space balls is great i would love a sequel well even just even just the you've got space balls you've the got Blazing Saddles, money. you've got young frankenstein i mean even just young frankenstein is probably yeah. my favorite probably my favorite I mean, that's just three movies. movies. I just, I just threw up off the top of my head. Young Frankenstein's so good. 
I actually watched it with my kids around Halloween and they loved it. Did they I was, really? I was shocked. That's uh, interesting because like black and white and the hu- and the humor is old fashioned. And like Grayson's favorite character was the constable. You don't know what the heck he's saying. <laughs> with he the has, arm. Like, the wooden hand. That was <laughs> and he was like mimicking him. But it was just. He's always changing his hand. It's, it was just silly. Like like they could tell that it was funny. Like they knew it was off. But like. Yeah. Like a blind man giving him like soup in Dude, his bowl. Gene and he, Hackman like, being the blind man. He's like moving his bowl back and forth. <laughs> Lands in his lap. <laughs> they were just laughing their butts off, dude. I was I was shocked. Dude, they liked and, it that much. and those his movies, um, kind of like Leslie Nelson, these slapstick movies, they have to have jokes so often. Like every beat, like every couple seconds, they have to have a joke. You know, just to keep it sounds exhausting. In. It does. But, sounds but exhausting. But to he's the master of it. But he's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's a good pick. I like. I think it. so too. I think, like I said, it's underrated for sure. I'll pass it on to Chris. Come the last one. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice. Um, so I chose a writer director named Gareth Evans, and uh, this is another guy who's young and he could be better eventually, but he's also niche, like his genre. He, I think he's trying to break from that genre a little bit. Uh, but Gareth Evans directed the two Raid movies, uh, Raid Re- Raid Redemption oh and Raid gosh. Two. Both, I love both those movies. Yeah, <laughs> and then he did. So he uh, went to Indonesia, is what you're saying yes. to make his movies. But, but he's from like Wales. Yeah, yeah. So he's a British dude with who went guy, to with Indonesia. a name like Gareth. He's definitely from Wales. <laughs> not not yeah. Gareth, Gareth. Yeah, Christineth. <laughs> my it's Christineth. <laughs> You get back here and sleep with my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Other guys. Other guys. That's the movie we're. I I couldn't think of it for a second. (laughs) So anyway, uh, he also wrote a movie called Apostle, which I watched on Netflix. Um, It's got Dan Stevens in it. It's kind of like a like a scary movie type. It's more of a thriller, but then it takes a hard turn into horror. Um, and you've seen his action movies. You've seen how like gruesome they are. Mm-hmm. Now I'll just imagine a horror movie. Yeah. Um, but then he did Gangs of London, which I watched last year. Oh, which was you've an talked about awesome that show. show. It was so good. I need to watch it. it Where was, is it at? It was on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. It's it's so good. It's like uh, so it's like raid fight scenes, but like a Guy Ritchie. But what, guy but, Ritchie, but without the comedy. Scotty and I were trying to think of that guy. He, that, he's that a, guy Ritchie could be my number one. On yeah, this. we've had a he whole was, episode on him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why we none of us picked him for a goat because <laughs> uh, we talked about him. Already. We already talked about him enough. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, but yeah, I I really like I like his vision, uh, especially for like the fight scenes that he does. And then I've seen some of the uh, like I've seen a lot of behind the scenes, some some BTS of. Uh, like the, some of the fight scenes, like in the raid, like there, there's, they have the scene where their cameras in the car and they're fighting in the car and the camera goes out of the car and then it like rolls up to the car in front of it and like jumps in the window and it's all nice. like one shot. And so I'm kind of watching it. I'm like, is there, is there a cut? And I'm wa- watching for a cut because I analyze cool yeah. camera shots like that mm-hmm. and then i saw how they did it and there was like guys on like skateboards outside <laughs> of these cars and they're like passing the camera to one person like people that were fighting like the stuntmen and they took the camera and passed it to the guy outside <laughs> and they pushed the guy up to the car in front of them so part of the choreography yes. that they had to learn was to hold the camera yes <laughs> staging yes is a huge part of of choreography mm-hmm. in movies 
it ends up being a huge part of it. Yeah. And I like, especially uh, for movies like the raid where they do the action and then they're the can the, the, they want you to feel like you're part of the action. Mm-hmm. And so the camera's right up in the mm-hmm. face of that, of the people fighting. And like these movies aren't that old and this guy hasn't made that many movies, but he's wildly influential already. Like Avengers copied his style. Like I think he was a, not an analyst, but what's a person? Consultant. That, consultant. consultant. Thank you. He was a consultant for some of the stunt scenes from the Russo brothers for like uh, Civil War and Winter Soldier. Interesting. Like, you know, the part in um, Civil War where Bucky runs off the building and the cameraman just runs with him. Yeah. yeah, 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 they, yeah. Like, he like helped them figure out how to do that stunt. So, so and he writes dude, all that's the such a great too. scene, too. Yeah. So it's like in terms of like action movies, which I unabashedly love. Uh, this dude's like, dude, raid the first raid might be top five action movie for me. Yeah, it's so it's good. Really, and raid two is like just as good. And ra- the kitchen fight scene in raid two might be the greatest action scene ever filmed. It's so good. I picked that from my best fight scene in the loss to Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay, Chris, pick, oh, pick who's gonna goat. do their goat. Let's see. First. Uh, I want a popcorn to Troy. I knew you were going to pick me. <clears throat> T-Roy. I'm excited for this one. I love this, this pick. This conversation should be good. <laughs> um, so my, studying. my goat uh, is Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred's Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? Just kidding. I, well, love, I love the pick. Okay. I'm actually going to, so for the sake of being correct instead of winning, um, I was, so in doing my research, I was just like, okay, some, some really good, um, uh, writer directors. Right. And I got a list of a bunch of them and I was like, okay, I really like, and then I saw Alfred Hitchcock and I'm like, yeah, that this is the one because Alfred Hitchcock has, has, um, you, you want to, my mind is I wanted to pick a director or I wanted to pick a, a, a person, right. Who has done so much for the sake of film in general. Yeah. Talk you about know? influence. Talk about pushing the boundaries, you know, yeah, talk about, boundaries, talking about, yeah, yes. absolutely. some of the greatest string, your actresses, <laughs> your, uh, yeah. Stanley Kubrick. Um, so like, when and and pushing the envelope as well, like and, and when talking about like some of the um, most iconic moments in film history, of course, mm-hmm. Psycho, North by Northwest. Um, it, you know, you have movies Birds, like like uh, yeah, Vertigo, um, Rear Window, Rear Window. Oh god, right. Um, I love this Rear is Window. where, for the sake of being a little Simpsons more, it. for the sake of being a little more honest in my argument and not doing a audible last second and changing my pick, I uh, did Are a you quick no. Um, oh, okay. but I am going to basically, I'm basically going to get on myself here. <laughs> well, um, that's why I picked you. Cause I was like, he didn't write any of those movies. Yeah, that was, and that was the thing is I, I kind of, when I, when I picked Alfred, Hitch, Alfred Hitchcock, I kind of just was based off of the assumption that he was a writer of, in a lot of his movies or did a lot of the screenplay. But at the same thing, I've done a lot. I have studied Alfred Hitchcock a little, a lot. He, he might not have written the scripts and he might not have written the st- screenplay like, mm-hmm. like we are ex- uh, expecting to, but his, his movies were so intricately like planned and d- like he was a huge part of the storyboard process. Like everything was down to a T because of him. So I, maybe, I guess I would say more auteur than writer director, but, <clears throat> but yeah, his, his writing credits on IMDB are not very high. That's why I'm kind of being a little well, more and you honest here about like, like Spielberg has written a, like, he probably wrote the Goonies, but then he didn't take the credit for it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's an interesting, um, talk about Spielberg is interesting th- thing to talk about is producing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So well, I mean, and and to to Chris's point, I think there's a difference between writing story and writing screenplay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So coming up with the story and coming up with the concept and then letting someone else run with it and yeah. and do the screenplay is two different things. And um. I and I have no idea. If that's what Alfred Hitchcock and, and did we don't we don't know not, how how but, much how involved he was. I mean, you think if you're involved in any writing writing process, you're going to want some sort of credit in there, right? But maybe he wanted his credit. I don't know. I'm just trying to give him more credit. I mean, he was he a pretty has, arrogant but. person. I doubt that he would have let himself <laughs> be left let out of any credit. Yeah. So I, I was just I was more thinking of his influence on cinema and his movies that have really really stuck around. Some of his movies, like like Psycho, has gotten um, the uh, the base motel show spinoffs and everything. And that's also brings up another point I wanted to talk about when we get to your pick, Jake, um, is right. Like writing material or writing a movie or screenplay based off of existing source material. Cause psycho was based off of a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and like adaptations. Yeah. Um, like adaptations. Yeah. And so it's like, how adapting you, how, is not easy. I agree. Cause you can, I mean, there are myriad examples of movies Good that are adaptations word. that are terrible. Yep. Right. Terrible. But Adapting I, is not an easy thing. But as, uh, but let's, let's, I mean, I know he's not on the, on any of the lists, but let's talk about uh, Chris Columbus, right? Chris Columbus uh, directed the majority of the Harry Potter films. Well, but the first two. The first two? Mm-hmm. He only did the first two. Oh, I thought he did the last couple. But he did Home Alone, if you want to count those. <laughs> Maybe, I'm, I'm mistaken about that. Because I like Columbus. Um, I like him too. Anyway, um, Hitchcock, th- that was the reason why I picked him was because I, I picked him under the assumption that he wrote more than he did. Yeah, it, it, He comes from a time when Hollywood was like, it was more of like a machine yeah. pumping movies out where I don't think there was many writer directors back then. Like it, it was more like the, the movies were just pumped out. Yeah. It was just a different process back then. Um, and I don't think directors got like, like I couldn't tell you who directed um, Gone with the Wind. So I don't think they got like the credit that Hitchcock was getting. It's true. That's fair. Anyway, um, I mean, that's where I'm kind of it's I'm shooting myself in the foot here because I think Alfred Hitchcock is a great pick for a director, writer, director. Unfortunately, I think I might be in the woods on this one, but in the weeds. <laughs> well, with, without, without, without getting block. into it, Troy, in who would you who would you audible to? Without without like we don't have to talk about it, but audible. What do you mean? You if, said, you said if, with, you change, if you had to change, if you had to audible. Oh, um, my mic just swivels around. Uh, I would probably move the Nolan brothers to my goat. And then I would probably either put Tarantino or Scorsese in my runner up if I had to audible. Yep. Cool. So good picks. Um, but I'm going to stick with it because you know, I'm an honest person. <laughs> and you know, that, that, that's what I, that's what I've always said about Troy is, is, Troy may be a lot of things <laughs> that are that are horrible things, but he's honest. He may be a liar, a cheat, a communist, I was gonna say a that. prostitute. He is but not. He is not a liar. <laughs> Wait, I called him a liar first because you know the last That's thing the I joke. want somebody to do is, is I want I don't want somebody to be sitting here listening to this episode and being like the hell they, they, he put Alfred Hitchcock on there, but Alfred Hitchcock didn't write anything. And it's like, he wrote a little bit, but anyway, well, if you, if you would have just said it with authority, people would have just gone with it. <laughs> but, and, but then uh, they would have gotten bad information I was, from Troy from the Cobo podcast. I was going, I was, How going was that different than any other episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was going with it cause I didn't do any research on how Alfred Hitchcock and I, 
But I was actually shocked. I was like, oh, I didn't know he wrote those movies. And then, um, and, and, and like I said, I think a big part of that assumption comes from his involvement in the pre-production process, the storyboarding, the everything. And so it kind of surprised me that he didn't write as much as, right, as right. much as he did. But anyway, I'm going right. to, I'm going to uh, push to Jake. Cause I mentioned Jake's pick. So okay. I want to, so my pick is, um, his, his name is Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright did such wonderful films as the Cornetto trilogy, which is uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. All excellent movies. He I haven't did, seen World's End. He, he did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. You haven't seen it? He did Baby Driver. Um, did, did, he almost... Almost did Ant Man. Yeah, <laughs> he wrote Ant Man and started directing Ant Man, and then I, you can see his like fingerprints all yeah. over. You can see yeah. his fingerprints uh, like it's, all over. It's that one movie. of my favorite Marvel movies. Mine because, too, because, because it style. feels like an Edgar Wright. Yeah, movie. it does. Yeah. It's like it's got the flavor of Edgar Wright, but not quite there. Yeah, and honestly, which is a testament to how great he is as a director. It's funny because I said my I told I said that I picked. Uh, Taika Waititi over the other two guys because he made me feel things that they didn't make me feel. And then I picked Edgar Wright as my... He wrote Tintin? He wrote The Adventures of Tintin. Shut up. Yeah. But that, that again, yeah. That was about, directed by Spielberg. But yeah. It was, but it was written by I loved Edgar Tintin. But again, I loved that movie. Again, talking about that, what I mentioned earlier about um, source writing, writing, writing screenplay based off of source material. Uh, um Scott Pilgrim is a good example of that. Uh-huh. Of and, and it's, I'm not I'm not discrediting him. Like sure. that, I think that should be actually given more credit if for because it's not if easy. If you can adapt something but, well, it's impressive. But I wanted to bring that up as far as like as far as the discussion when you're talking about a writer director, how much credit or more credit or less credit do we want to give to a director who writes based off of existing source? Well, I think here's I the think, thing though is is cousin to um to uh, that is he does really good parody as well. Yeah. With, mm-hmm. with so, the Cornetto trilogy. Well, right. So uh, as far as what you're saying, Troy, I think that it actually makes him more interesting okay. because he can do original and he can do adaptation uh, and I, and he can do them both well. And then like Scott's saying, he can do uh he parody. can do parody yeah. in, yeah. in the cop movies in hot fuzz. Hot fuzz. So funny. One of the funniest movies. Oh, it's it's so good. And Shaun of the dead with the zombie movies. And then the, the, or the, uh, at world's end at world's end is a, it's a it's a disaster movie disaster yeah. movie basically. i i i also want to throw in the the nolan brothers on there as well because it's not like batman the dark knight wasn't based off of source material either right you know what i mean like it was Do you know so. it's really interesting that but also original that, mm-hmm. that's obvious now that i think about it is all, almost all of our picks they all bring in the same actors a lot they all have the they reuse actors, actors. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah they recycle their and but it's fantastic but the, his most recent one, Edgar Wright's most recent one was Baby Driver. And that was one of my favorite movies that's come out in the last 10 years. It's th- that like Ansel, it's his highest rated too, like yeah. out of all of them. Ansel Elgort was such a great choice pick and yeah. choice to be baby, the baby driver. 
And then it was um, unusual too. Like he he never done any kind of action before that, right? And Lily James was fantastic as his as the love interest, but she's fantastic as anyone's love mm-hmm. interest, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> including mine, <laughs> especially mine. Um, <laughs> uh, minus points for using Kevin Spacey because uh, that guy's. I mean, okay, so no, 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 no. He was so good in everything. It's that not. He's done. It's not minus points because yeah, if he no. used him now, yeah, then it'd be minus points. But, it, like, but back then, me when I heard it, I was like, I wonder if he was like being weird with baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the his his use of music in Baby Driver. So the use of music combined with his his writing, the way he writes dialogue, uh, combined with his, his directing and the way he was able to direct and and move the actors and make them get the, get the performance out of the actors that he needed. And then in post-production when he works, because directors work very close with editors, he just, everything he does is just so such gold. He's it's, uh, and, and again, a theme with all of them is you can see the vision that he has, and it's a it's it's kind of consistent with all the movies, right? Is that they're they all have consistent vision throughout the whole movie, and you can you can tell that it's not disjointed, right? I love it, uh, and I love the uh, it sounds like a, a Edgar Wright movie when you listen to the dialogue in an Edgar Wright movie, the dialogue sounds like an Edgar Wright movie, even though it's very different throughout. It's not necessarily the same, and I'm going to, th- this is my segue into Scott's pick because with Scott's pick, that's my favorite part about them mm-hmm. is their dialogue and how interesting their dialogue is in these movies. Right. And go, go for it then. So, so even more so than popcorn Scott, even more than, than Tarantino, I think the Coen brothers are the king of, of dialogue. Absolutely. Kings, kings of dialogue. Um, and it's funny cause they're both almost unnatural type of dialogue where, it, no one talks like that no one. in real life, Mm-mm. but it, it has a snappiness to it that like, it just draws you in. Um, so but, to answer your question, Chris, about the, 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 uh, unscripted stuff that happens on set, uh, and what I, when I was saying Scott's goat, mm-hmm. none of it, <clears throat> there is no such thing as unscripted or improv in a, brother like they they have every word scripted and you are not allowed to go off script ever like they are very very specific about the actors that that, that they keep bringing back and even the actors that they just have ever worked with them they always think like i've seen multiple interviews where they say it's it's actually kind of nice that I, i get to just learn my lines and say them exactly because there's no need to improve upon the lines that are right. given me. Um, and, and, and it's almost poetry where it's like, if you do um, go off script, it, it ruins it. The it pacing, the, the pacing, the, 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 just the flow doesn't, it doesn't connect as well. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, so yeah. what movies did they do? So they, they, so the movie that, that made me think to um, revive this, this, uh, episode idea was Fargo. Um, I, I recently watched it for the first time um, over qu- in quarantine last year. Um, awesome movie. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, it's so speaking good. of interesting dialogue. Yeah. And, and, and they the lean char- into that Minnesota nice accent yes. so hard. And all the characters are so well flushed out 
in all their movies. They're they're um and they're also tied to the location mm-hmm. to where they are. I mean, obviously in Fargo, but um like like they did True Grit, the the um the remake of True Grit, mm-hmm. the uh the use of old the, the the way they used to talk without any no um, contractions. No contractions. Um You are not Labeef. Yeah, exactly. It's it's <laughs> the, guy, the guy with the bear hat. The, the guy with the whole bear costume. It's funny that Troy you say that because anytime like I think that of that each movie, other, anytime I think of that movie, that's the line I think of. I think of Adios, Adios. Matt Damon. <laughs> you are not the beef. Uh, but they, they they've done Raising Arizona. Raising, they did. Oh God. I was actually looking through like stuff they've written, and I didn't know they wrote stuff like Bridge of Spies, the yeah. Spielberg movie. Yeah, didn't know they that. wrote Bridge of Spies. Yeah, Borat was really good. They got Borat, huh? For glorious, make glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Isn't, isn't Sasha Baron Cohen the, the stronger of the Cohen brothers? Isn't that? <laughs> Cohen. <laughs> sorry. Sasha Baron Cohen. I'm you hear sorry. That, I'm sorry. Uh, that was a, Bill Murray did sign there's a that Garfield. Was, that was a bad joke. Yeah, because yeah, the Cohen, Cohen brother, <laughs> like a Cohen was in it. Because Bill Murray gets a Cohen brother's script. He's like, yes. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but could you imagine Bill Garfield? Murray on a Cohen brother's where you're not allowed to go off set, off script? Bill Murray not yeah, being allowed true. to go off script? Honestly, I think it's, it's like... Uh, a f- breath of fresh air for him that he doesn't have to worry about it. The, the weight isn't on his shoulders. That's interesting. Um, yeah. But but they, they did Oh Brother, Where Out Thou, um, No Country for Old Men, Burn After Reading. And I'm reading all the movies that they've won awards for. <laughs> but they, I mean, they did The Big Lebowski. They did yes. uh, uh, Barton Fink. And they did uh, Llewellyn da- Davis and... Uh, let, let me let me pose a question to you guys because I'm looking at stuff that they've written and not directed, and stuff that they've written and directed, and the stuff that they write but don't direct almost seems to not have that good dialogue that you guys are talking about, because they're not the one directing the scene. So do you think that's a hindrance to them that their writing is so good but they're the only ones that can? No. What? I think, what's the, well, what's so an example? I think when you know like that you're. Spies? I think when you know that you are going to be directing it, you write in a different way because as you're writing, you're directing the scene as you're writing. Well, it. And they can enforce their own, their, their dialogue during, during the take. Right. So, so they, they can, it is interesting though. That is an interesting point that the, the, the movies that they wrote, but didn't direct don't necessarily have the same snappy dialogue that the right. movies that they, it's like Ant-Man. Direct. It's like Ant-Man with Edgar Wright. Like mm-hmm. it's, it feels like Edgar it Wright, but feels, but it doesn't sound like Edgar it's Wright. like the only time I knew it was, was Edgar Wright was Michael Pena. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> because Edgar Wright, you expect like Napoleon dynamite esque like cuts. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think they stole it from him anyway, but, but um, like the Coen's wrote like unbroken, like, that's not known for it's like great writing or the, I guess right. like the dialogue, right. but it might've been if they directed it, right. Could but they gave been. it to, but, but it wouldn't have Jolie. fit because, because, because a lot of their dialogue has so much humor and dark humor that it wouldn't really fit in, in some of the like bridge of spies and, and unbroken and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're hilarious. They're like, I don't think I've laughed more than at uh, old brother. Out, though. 
one of the four oh, raising Arizona. Like raising they're some Arizona. of the funniest so movies. <laughs> um, but but they're the so Big artistic at the same time. The Big Lebowski kills me. Yeah, it kills me every single time. But all of their movie, the, the and this these guys have been my favorite filmmakers for years and years. Um, but then they did. Uh, their more recent ones have kind of like, petered uh, out Hail a bit. Caesar. Hail Caesar. It was okay. Yeah, it was good. Do you guys like it Buster just, Scruggs? I loved Buster Scruggs. Really? But it's it's a very it was like very different. It was yeah, it's very different. Hit, hit or miss because yeah. it was like all right, next twenty minute episode. Yeah, and and, like, but then like this one. speaking it's, it's of experimental. that, their their Tom Waits one didn't have like any dialogue and, there was like and i no wanted to speaking. listen to tom waits speak or sing i i right you, that you, all you want to hear is tom waits voice and then he doesn't say three words in the whole thing it's, it's like so in, park, in a coen brothers movie it's like, like when south park got george clooney to be the dog and all he could do is bark <laughs> <laughs> then they get jay leno to be the cat mm-hmm. um anyway but, yeah yeah coen brothers amazing. i love them um all right, Chris. All right, so uh, mine is so, almost controversial. Real quick, yeah. This that, actually kind of surprised me. Yeah, it, I hated your pick, and <laughs> then I loved it. So I yeah, Blake I, Church. I, I want to talk about I hate it. it. I both but hate I love and it. love it. <laughs> uh, so I picked pick. the modern day Alfred Hitchcock. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that maybe in two thousand two or two thousand three. Something. I don't know. I'm saying it in two thousand twenty one. Oh my gosh. I know, right? Guys, <laughs> so old. Uh, yeah, I picked M Night Shyamalan. M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Such a it's such a controversial pick, but I, I see why you did it, and I I respect it. Thank you. Well, you you use his first like four or five movies, and absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, I'm right there. With but you. then I'm just hoping Taika Waititi doesn't go his. I mean, but then I look and like he like literally wrote every single movie that yeah. he's made. Yeah. You know, like he, like even Stuart little, I don't know if he directed that one though. <laughs> I didn't know he wrote Stuart little until his very second. That is that interesting. <laughs> you might want to double check that. Refresh the page <laughs> It's on here written by Stuart little. And like his first couple of movies are like, uh, about being like an immigrant from like India and moving here, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, issues with like religion in the country. He did a movie with Rosie O'Donnell where she played a nun. What? Yeah. Wide awake. And then his very next movie after that, uh, not even like a year later. <laughs> Did you just start singing like yeah. Katy Perry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you're, Dad. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, his very next movie after that was Sixth Sense. Um, that, that, that launched him into the stratosphere. Oh, yeah. That also was launched his ego a bit. Fun fact. You talk too. about like a cultural phenomenon, that mm-hmm. movie. Oh that movie was ruined for me, me by too. my sister's friend when they came over and was playing at the house and she said it and I was like, why would you say that? Some <laughs> people even, just don't get it. I didn't even know that it was like, like there was like something to ruin. I was just with my friend and he was like, you see that guy? He's dead. And I was like, oh, okay. And then <laughs> yeah. I, I went and told my dad I saw it. And he's like, did you love it? And I was like, it's okay. Um, but the, 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 that movie introduced the, the craze of spo- spoiling, like spoiler free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it also introduced a craze of like twist endings, which became like his pigeonhole, you know, like, yep. and then he like, he felt like weirdly pressured to do it. Cause like, if you go back and watch the village, like it's not bad. 
No, it was a great I, movie. I actually it was, really it was marketed. It was marketed poorly. I love the village. Old, old yeah, the village, village is. Like, that's why yeah. I said his first four movies. You've got signs, right? Six Sense, Unbreakable, mm. Signs, and Village. Yeah, great Village movie. was great. I think it was just I mean, marketed was, as a scary movie. Was its problem? It's, yeah, it's not a scary. He, it's a thriller. But, but I mean, that's a murderer's row of movies right mm-hmm. there. Like, Gross. if that's your first four movies, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't anybody think that he's just going to be? The next Alfred Hitchcock. I think the part of the reason why is I think his like we've discussed him before, but like his 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 ego got pretty you know pretty high, and he thought he could do no wrong, and then he did a lot of wrong. I, I think remember, that he had an ego, but I also you can also tell in his directing style that he was like very aware of what people were saying because sure. his movie after Village, we're like that twist sucked, and then he did was, Lady in the Water, yeah, and there was no twist, and they're like, I've why isn't seen. there a twist? <laughs> yeah. So well, then there was the the happening right the with the trees. I, I don't think. See I don't think happening's that bad. Like if you guys I, honestly watch it. I actually never it, saw it. It's, it's I, not bad. But I when, watched it. The 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 twist in happening kind of made me. So yeah, happening I think is actually pretty decent. Like it's not, I mean, it's not like amazing, but it's one of the first horror movies he did that was like a hard R. Um, sure. And like the, the twist, the twist was that, I mean, I'm sure you've heard by now, but like the trees were sending out like a pheromone that were making people, like off themselves uh, because they were in danger of killing right, all the plants. Yeah, it was it was oh, a okay. self defense thing. But that's like that's something they that's say like in the first like like third of the movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's a lot of them just kind of running from the wind. So it's not this <laughs> classic third act twist. Mm-mm. But like it still it still was like a decent like it was a, it was an intense movie. I would I would say his first real stinker is the Marky last Mark Airbender. talking to a tree was a little rough for me because <laughs> he's like oh, I'm sorry I'm sorry he's yeah. a tree yeah it was I'm, weird. I'm, okay I remember all those jokes and memes. that was that was a little rough for but me. It, but it was like just one scene yeah, out of that's context true. that's in, true one scene out of context can't but it was <laughs> it it was. A moment in the movie where I was like, oh, okay. so what's happening? Well, and he's not a very good actor. Like he was like, I'm a man of science, bro. I'm a scientist. <laughs> do you guys, do you guys remember how, um, like exciting it was when we felt like M night was making a big comeback when he did split? Well, that's what I wanted to say is that he, he kind of did in my eyes, like he came back strong with a movie. So, cause like even after, in my opinion, his first like really bad movie was the last airbender. Yeah. He wrote and directed a movie called devil, which is actually really good. It's about, uh, people are stuck in an elevator and one of them is the devil. Oh, I've heard about that one. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's a PG 13 horror. He wrote and directed or just mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. interesting. After that was after earth, which I've never seen. So I really can't had Will Smith. Yeah. Will and James his son, right? Smith. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's when everyone was like, Will Smith is a Scientologist. And so he did that movie. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we might have to do a, an M night stack. Uh, they needed the visit, which is really good. That was right before split visits, like a horror comedy. Uh-huh. It's kind of a mystery. So, so his problem is, is he peaked too early? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did split right after that, which Dude. I didn't really know that he directed. But when I was watching it, I was like, I was like, dude, he's like back. Like he found his groove again. Yeah. Like, let me give you guys an example. Do you remember in, in the movie signs? when um they it's the next day and they're like they need to go upstairs and get medicine for morgan and they're looking up the stairs and joaquin phoenix walks up the stairs and he leaves and then the camera shot just lingers there 
and there's like no Mm -hmm. sound you can't even hear like his feet and it just like builds the suspense like you're looking up the stairs like oh my gosh and you're trying you're almost leaning to see if you can see around the Mm -hmm. stairs and into the upstairs it just lingers there for like way longer than usual and it's uneasy um and then i was watching split and and he's not afraid to tackle like some serious subjects like when casey the girl goes camping and her uncle is like not wearing clothes and he wants to play dogs with her. Do you guys remember that part? Yes, I do. Yeah. And like you could see the camera from her perspective walking up and then the shot just lingers and you're like, oh my gosh, like punch in the gut. Right. And like, you know, because he wrote and directed these movies, you know that that's like the exact feeling he wanted you to have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he knew how to make you feel uneasy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole, the whole thing of signs was that most of the movie before you even saw a ghost at all, you were feeling uneasy. I think the first ghost that you see is the talking signs or six. Sorry, six cents. Thank okay. you. Uh, is the, is the woman in the kitchen, right? That's the first I think, ghost. Yeah, I, I think, think so. you yeah. see. No, it's Bruce Willis. Oh, <laughs> got him! Got him! Boom! <laughs> yeah, or like the the girl, like the the lady that just died in the bike crash. No, that's at the very end. Yeah, that's near the end. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But but like but other than Bruce Willis, the first ghost that that you actually see, you you hear voices and stuff, mm-hmm. but the first ghost you actually see is the woman in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But just it like does, standing in the corner. Uh, yeah, she like walks past the door as he's peeing. And then like, and then, and then he goes oh, and he God, checks on her and she, she shows, she shows him his, her wrists and stuff. And it's yeah. still good. still. Or the girl me. that's like throwing up. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. But, but like the and ghosts are, the now. ghosts no. are well done. No, 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 the ghosts. But the point is, is before you even see the ghost, mm-hmm. the movie has done so much to build that tension you're that you're right. talking about up to that point to mm-hmm. the right where, when, um, Haley Joel Osment is, uh, the, the, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but he's walking up the stairs to that little spot where he hears the voice, mm-hmm. you know, before he gets like beaten up by the whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. by the ghost, gets like even in. just that part is just so, yeah, he gets shoved in. That's right. Is just building that tension. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and even in the very beginning when, when Bruce Willis is having dinner with his wife and he gets shot, I think. And, and you see mm-hmm. the guy in the bath, in the bathroom and like by a Wahlberg. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It, it is those. And Chris said it, those lingering shots, it's almost like Kubrick-esque where it's mm-hmm. like, just sits there for a while. I love those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's when I kind of felt like watching Split. I was like, dude, Stella yeah. got his, her groove back. Yeah. Um, Glass is... But, but is dude, the, st- sticking with Split, how insane was the anticipation mm-hmm. for Glass mm-hmm. when at the end right. of Split... They, I, did, they, I did not see that coming. At oh, the nobody end of did. Split, they they introduced that this is in the same world as Unbreakable, and you're like, I I think I was in the theater with Chris, and we, it, I was four were there. Right? Yeah, we were all it, there. I think when I the when the it shows in the TV and it shows them talking about oh we got these girls out of the thing and blah blah, blah and then it it turns around and Bruce Willis is there and it's mm-hmm. like. Dude, like, I remember you smacked your face with both the, hands, Home Alone style. I did Home Alone face. <laughs> the collective gasp in the theater. It might have just been like, like the four of us. But, we were like, <laughs> but that's the thing is, like that movie came out in what two thousand two? Unbreakable did something like like yeah. we were we early, were early two thousand. It was it, yeah. It was like we we understood it. Maybe half the theater, maybe half the theater did. The but, other half were too young to, un- to remember the, it. The to anticipation of glass. Yeah. The anticipation oh, yeah. of glass coming up was just insane right yeah i mean i was i was beyond oh yeah for it. oh yeah. yeah oh yeah i think 
There is there an episode? So is that is, is that there an episode of us talking about probably anticipating class? So is that the I think story so. of his career is, is a big right. hype and failed expectations? Rise and fall. I don't I don't know because I think when he knocks it out of the park is when there isn't that expectation on him. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. There was some pretty high expectation in uh, when after he did. I mean, with he did only six cents and he followed it up with Unbreakable, which I think is just. But as I mean, good as but then cents. after that, his, his the expectations with Signs and then mm-hmm. Village, which we said was a which which we said was a good movie, but it, also it, it, was, it was it was kind of a, a bit of a, a downhill bit. ever since mm-hmm. Six Sense. Like like they, they were all good, but not to the degree and if you listen to him he was like i i just tried to break because i mean he started out making like family friendly movies and then he did thrillers and he was like i'm trying to break from thrillers yeah and he's like if you listen to an, and listen to an interview from him now he's like i just think thrillers are my thing like i write them the best i yeah put most of me in that and finally accepting that is a little liberating he's like i'm, I'm a thriller guy that's that's how i write and He's like now. Now he's accepting that, and so like I mean, we might see his best work now. Like I don't. I'm, Let's hope say. so. I hope. I because next he's, movie looks good. Have you seen it? The trailer uh, is called Old. He's got the chops and he's got the ability. Oh, but, I, I think there's but no like doubt we said, he has the ability for sure. I didn't. I didn't hate Glass as much as Chris did, but it was definitely a letdown for what. Yeah. What. The expectations were really high out yeah. of it. I mean, you were bringing back, you were bringing back, Will, uh, I can't remember his name. Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson, but um, Bruce, Bruce, Willis. Bruce Willis. I almost called him Will Smith. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Thank you. I knew the Will part. Anyway, like there was just, there was a lot of hype. And then you were adding um, James McAvoy's uh, split character into that, <sighs> into that world. James and it was, McAvoy, I mean, it was really well done. the best because, actors of our age. Well, really. we've talked he about Glass, seven different characters. Yeah. And well, and we've talked about Glass so much in the sense that he, um, M Knight built this superhero world without actually building a superhero world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He 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 made a hero like that really didn't want to be a hero, but um, and then he made the villain, and it's just like really well done. And then you added another villain into that world without the audience even knowing it until the yep. very end. Yeah, it's just very well done. Yep, great stuff. Good pick. I agree. So, so you guys said you were like mad at me for picking it at first. I hated the pick and then I loved it. Like yeah. I wasn't mad at you. I, it was very much like this. No, well, not mad at me. It was mad at the. Pick, well, this was this was definitely a Chris pick. It was my thought. I was like, oh, this is this is. And then <laughs> and then exactly I thought what of, I thought yeah. And then I thought about pick. yeah. And I was like, you know what? But yeah. I mean, just like we talked about the Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers had some stinkers. They've and, they, and not necessarily stinkers. They've just kind of trailed off mm-hmm. uh, lately. Yep. Yep. And then event, but they, it doesn't take away from their greatness in the beginning of their career. Which is M Night Shyamalan had four of some of the greatest movies ever uh, to start his career. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. he just had like higher to fall. Yeah, from. yeah, yeah. And so and when he, I like, looked his at his name was so synonymous, like he really like attached his name to these things. Mm-hmm. And when, so when you first put the pick down, I was like, ah, oh, what ah, is he really that good? But maybe, then when I think back, up, but. but then when I think back to, if we did this podcast, this episode post the village, everybody, it, it would be the Taika Waititi all over again. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Like, Oh no, this guy's it. He's the guy. Yep. That's true. So, That's true. I mean, who knows what's going to happen. Let's hope that Taika Waititi doesn't take the same path. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Let's, yeah. Should we vote? Um, What are the choices again? We have uh, Edgar Wright, Coen Brothers. Alfred um, Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock, DQ'd. 
Total M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. All right. That's super racist to keep making that joke, but we all know how to pronounce his name. Okay, hold on. How do we do a blind vote like you guys keep saying? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Just say one, two, three, and then everybody say the vote. I guess that's that's the blindest and you way can't, to and do it. You can't it, vote for your own. You can't vote for your own. Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on on. Uh, I'll I'll raise three fingers and we all say it. <laughs> on go or on three. On three. Once the third finger is raised. Okay. You say it. ready. Okay. One, One two, three. Edgar Shyamalan. What said Edgar Wright. M. M. Night Shyamalan, oh. Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright, and Coen Brothers. So Edgar, Edgar Wright wins. So Edgar Wright wins. Not a bad pick. Nice. I won one. You won one. Only because I was DQ'd. Only because <laughs> that's the reason. <laughs> I actually had a good. That, pick. That's a good pick. I think I would have picked Nolan though if you picked if you put mm. them first. I actually thought that you had Nolan in the first place. Yeah, and uh, I probably would have picked Nolan too. Oh, son of a. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I like Nolan because movies. I. I mean, I like Edgar Wright, but I think he only has like two or three good movies. Well, I should have put I Nolan. Think he, I think he's got I, five he's good movies. He's got five good well, movies. I mean, okay, yeah, he like he has good movies, but then like he's got a long, he's got a career ahead of right, him still. Right, he's he's beginning. I, mean, his he lot, he, I think well, he has like a lot of decent movies. Just like I gave Chris uh, for making a Chris pick, I didn't want to make a Troy pick and choose Christopher Nolan. And then you, <laughs> and then you voted for my guy. Well, I, you know, I cool. felt like the argument was strong. All right. This went a little bit longer than we wanted it to, but I still think we kept it pretty good. Um, Not too bad. Yeah. I actually thought the conversation was really good. I loved, I loved this, this, uh, this I, episode. Yeah. I, thought I had a good topic. Good topic. Um, congratulations, Edgar. Congratulations. You Edgar Wright. Con- you did it. F- official cold bow. You know what's weird? Director, is if, writer. If they didn't take away Ant Man from him, we wouldn't have got Peyton Reed, and we wouldn't have got that last episode of Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Um, a slightly worse Ant Man in exchange for the greatest Mandalorian episode. Hmm. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. We've uh, we very much appreciate it. In- incredibly, you can't imagine how much we appreciate you can't it. Um, if you like what you hear, please go on to social media, let us know, make a comment, uh, make a suggestion, go to Patreon, leave us a, a little thank you there and Patreon, uh, give us a comment there. Let us know what you're looking for and we'll, we'll see what we can do about getting that sent out. Um, yeah, thank you all so much. Uh, thank you guys. This was an awesome episode. I had a great time. Uh, is there anything else? I love you very much. Oh, thanks, <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> thank you, and I love you very much. <laughs> thank you, and I love you very much. <laughs> I must have missed something. I, I, I think I did too. That, that's what you said at one of the outros. Oh, <laughs> yeah. is that what it is? You're like, thanks. I love you very much. And I was like, is that your coin phrase? Thank you. And uh, oh, and that's my Walter Cronkite sign off. Yeah. Yes. Thank right. you, and I love you very much. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. bye.